Armed American Radio listeners, today's Armed American Radio's recorded version of the national radio broadcast, the Armed American Radio podcast, is being brought to you today and every day by North American Arms. Make sure to visit NorthAmericanArms.com for the finest mini revolvers on planet Earth. NorthAmericanArms.com. Enjoy the show. is Armed American Radio. If they want to take my guns, they're going to have to bring a station wagon and a whole lot of friends because I'm not giving them anything. From the Car Firearms Group studio. On the Sig Sauer Platinum Microphone. Mark, we know they want to take our guns, and now we're going to make them eat it. Freedom might be an uphill battle sometimes, but freedom will always prevail. Proudly presented to you by X-Insurance. X-Insurance. Here is your host of Armed American Radio, the loudest conservative voice in America fighting for your rights, Mark Walters. 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 Oh, here we go. It is a Sunday at AAR Ranch in Georgia, the Monster Cast Ranch. Ready to kick off right now. Three solid hours of filling your prescription for freedom when it comes to your gun rights. Mark Walters here in the Car Firearms Group Studios with you, sitting in front of the powerful and platinum Sig Sauer microphone. And it's all being brought to us today and every day by the great X Insurance. Greg over in Dallas, Texas, how you doing today, my brother? Uh, doing pretty good. You ready? You on the Zoom button? Because I know it's going to fly. Time I, always flies. I've got it out and dusted off and ready to go. Tell people where they can participate in the chat and watch the show or listen to the show online. All that fun stuff. You know how to do it. I'm sure. If you'd like to watch the show, just head on over to armedamericanradio.org or .com. Right-hand side of that website, you're going to see the three hash marks. Just click those. And when that window opens up, you can select that watch live option. We've also got the listen live option and the podcast link in case you need to catch up on anything you may have missed. And the shop link if you'd like to support the show. If you want to join our live chat, just head on over to your app store, grab the Telegram messaging app, create your profile, and search for Armed American Radio Conversations. That'll get you in there. Thanks get for that, there. Greg. Appreciate it very much. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get started, and we're going to talk about the 900-pound or maybe 1,000-pound gorilla in the room first. Let's go to our first guest, as usual, Mr. Alan Gottlieb, founder of the Second Amendment Foundation. Alan, welcome to the program, my friend. It is always a pleasure to have you here. This is the first show of the new year, kicking it off officially. How are you today, my friend? I'm doing great, Mark. Thank you, and thanks for all your efforts, and I love talking with your listeners. It's great. Alan, are you looking forward to what's getting ready to happen in 2024? I know we talked a little bit last week on New Year's Eve, but now we're into 2024, and a lot has already happened just in the last seven days. Are you feeling good going into 2024 before we really get this kicked off today? Yes, but I hope I'm going to feel really good going into 2025 because we have a very crazy election year cycle coming up this year that's going to have a great impact on the future of our gun rights. So I feel pretty good about 2024, but 2025 could be scary. Okay, let's go there briefly. What are your biggest concerns? When, when you say 2025 could be scary, I want listeners to hear for, directly from you what's at stake. Well, the elections are extremely important. And the Second Amendment Foundation, the part of it that's most important is if Joe Biden gets reelected, the problem is going to be he's going to put a number of anti-gun judges on the bench, on the federal bench. He's already put as many on or more than, than Donald Trump did. If he gets another term, he can reverse all the judges and all the great decisions we've been winning. And basically, uh, you know, this pretty much upend all of our victories for the last X number of years and all the great victories I think we're going to have in 2024. So that's the scary part. Do you believe 
I, I was commenting on this during the Daily Show last week, Alan, as the week progressed, as we began heading into 2024. Uh, let's take, for example, an assault weapons ban case. You feel very comfortable that we're going to get one of those to the Supreme Court, right? I do. I don't think I'll get there till 2025. That's, that's uh, what, that was my question, yeah. It's not going to happen in the 24 cycle, uh, but at this juncture, I mean, it's, you know, it's very remote. Uh, but I, I expect it to be there in the 25 court cycle. Okay, so we'll start seeing some. I know it's slow, ladies and gentlemen, but we will start seeing some case acceptance in 2024 and maybe some decisions coming down in 2025. That seems to be where I hear you say this is going to go. Yeah, uh, where you, you might get some. Uh, 2024 uh, arguments uh, and then rulings in 2025, and you might not get those uh, arguments till 2025 and rulings in 2026, but yes. Okay, well, we're going to see them, and I noticed in the chat there seems to be some concern. Uh Uh-oh, not feeling real comfortable. Maybe Alan is just being overly cautious. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't want to put words in Alan's mouth, but yeah, I kind of have to be, okay? Alan, you know how this game is played, right? The campaign, I want to go there briefly, and then we'll move on. I want to talk about NRA. It's the 1,000-pound elephant in the room. But Biden has signaled that he is going to – it's going to be scorched earth. This is going to be an ugly, vicious campaign. We are going to be attacked. Our gun rights are on the ballot. They're not going to back off on gun control, are they? There's no indication of that whatsoever that I'm seeing. Are you? No, I agree with you. And while lots of people, I'll be honest, you know, Trump's going to get the Republican nomination at this point. I don't see any way of anybody else defeating him. Uh, and, you know, a lot of our people you know, don't love Trump. The problem is going to be what's on the ballot isn't really Trump. On the ballot is Joe Biden and your gun rights. So you have a choice. You can vote for your gun rights or you can vote for Joe Biden. Um, that's what it's going to come down to. That is what it's going to come down to. And I hope some of those people listening to the show tonight that chose another way last time because they didn't like Trump are hearing what Alan is saying. This is a different election cycle, and it's more important now than it was in 2016 and 2020, ladies and gentlemen. It's that simple. That's my personal opinion. Alan, let's talk briefly about that 100,000-pound gorilla in the room. Huge news coming down from the National Rifle Association. Wayne LaPierre announced his resignation. Josh Powell, it is public has taken a plea deal in the case. Andrew Arulanandam, who is an individual I have tremendous respect for, I've known Andrew for a long time, is taking the helm. What are your thoughts on the direction of the NRA going in 2024 after this groundbreaking news? It's hard to talk about direction. Obviously, to me, direction means, you know, pro-gun rights, anti-gun rights. They're obviously pro-gun rights. They're obviously, you know, the gun rights movement, the 100,000-pound gorilla, as you referenced, uh, you know, in, in your opening here. Uh, but what, what I've been asked by, by most people in the media this week has been Wayne's, Wayne's resignation. Does this mean, you know, that uh, the gun rights movement just took it in the shorts? And of course, they think that's the case and they're happy about the case. The legacy media is like, you know, drooling over this, like there goes the whole gun rights movement. But I've been trying to tell them, and I'll tell your listeners as well, that's not the case. To be honest about it, too, for a large extent, the NRA has been uh, in, has been dormant for the last four years or so, ever since this investigation sort of started, and the infighting and started the NRA, and, and a lot of the, the you know where the money's been spent has come out, misappropriations and other things. Uh, so I, I, I you know Wayne hasn't been appearing at very many events outside you know an NRA convention or CPAC where it's a friendly audience. 
you know, Wayne doesn't talk to the news. Joe Wayne doesn't show up at other events. You don't see him anymore on you know, CNN or MSNBC or Fox. Uh, you know, it, 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 the reach is just it, it hasn't been there. I don't think it's going to create much of a difference at all. Because quite frankly, uh, the gun rights movement is made up of individual gun owners who are members of NRA and many other groups as well. Most members of more than one group. Uh, and, you know, if they don't get the information from one group, they get it from another group. We're also dealing now in the age of the Internet when, you know, when the mainstream media, so to speak, or the legacy media, you know, tries to, you know, manipulate stories. They can't do that so much anymore because we have so many programs and news sites out there, radio shows like yours. Um, there's, you know, multiple organizations. We've already filled, filled the void that has been there over the last four years. You know, we haven't taken very many losses except in dark blue states. We've, we've been phenomenal in the courts without the NRA being there. Uh, I'm not concerned about just hurting the gun rights movement at all, one way or the other. I think at this point in time, it's not about one individual or one group. Uh, it, it's about the gun rights movement. Yeah, and I, I, I want to throw my two cents here on this. Ladies and gentlemen, Wayne LaPierre never was. While the media wants to convince you that Wayne LaPierre was the face of the gun movement, the gun rights movement, the gun rights movement is far bigger and always has been bigger than one individual. It is not uh, the media wants to tell you it's Wayne LaPierre and the NRA. It's not. The gun rights movement is far bigger than one individual. And I'm hopeful that the NRA cleans up its act and we see a leaner, meaner NRA because the nation needs a strong NRA moving forward. And I, I'm hopeful. I'm the, there's the eternal optimist in me. I'm hopeful that that occurs. Alan, uh, Shannon Watts wasted no time. She tweeted, we did it. At Moms Demand Action finally brought down Wayne LaPierre. Did Shannon Watts and Moms Demand and every town in Bloomberg's money have anything to do with what's been happening at the NRA? But she sure wants to take credit for it. No, I don't think so. Uh, there's no doubt Leticia James, the Attorney General of New York, uh, who's not a friend of gun owners or gun rights, uh, you know, obviously had the NRA in, their, in her crosshairs and didn't want to do everything she could to destroy the organization. I mean, she even in her motions in court in this court litigation going on, wanted the judge to basically destroy the organization and end it, which she wouldn't do. Um, you know, she she's not a friend. The problem is that things haven't been so clean at the NRA, and they gave our opponents an awful lot of ammunition to play with. Uh, but it but it hasn't been Shannon Watts, that's for sure. Uh, you know, and we're, we're going to have now the trial starting, you know, tomorrow. Uh, we're going to be going to four four to six weeks. It's going to be drip, drip, drip horrible information coming out and facts coming out that aren't going to you know, make our people very happy. Uh, but in the end, when it's all said and done, uh, we're going to be just fine. You heard it directly from Alan Gottlieb. Alan, thanks for addressing that million-pound gorilla in the room. It's been a crazy, crazy week. When we come back, I want to take you to California and some crazy stuff going on in the May Bonta case. Again, we'll be back. Alan Gottlieb right after this. Daniel Defense firearms are guaranteed for life, trusted worldwide, and designed, engineered, and manufactured right here in America. Daniel Defense, freedom, passion, precision. Freedom, passion, and precision. We are very passionate about Daniel Defense right now. Welcome to the show, Freedom, Passion, and Precision, Daniel Defense. You're in the Car Firearms Group studios with me, Mark Walters, in front of the six-hour mic, filling your prescription for freedom 
on hundreds of radio stations, and we're going to announce a new radio station in, I believe, Jacksonville, North Carolina, that is joining us today. Welcome, Jacksonville, North Carolina, and surrounding areas. We'll talk about your calls there in just a little bit. Let's go back to Alan Gottlieb, founder of the Second Amendment Foundation. Remember, all this is being brought to us today and every day by X Insurance, a company Alan and I know very, very well. Alan, welcome back in. Let's talk California. <laughs> For a couple of things, I also want to give you the opportunity to talk about Gun Rights Policy Conference, which is, I'll let you tell where that's going to be coming up in September. Let's talk about the sensitive places in California. This case is bouncing around like a ping pong ball. What is happening? Well, let me go back to the beginning. California passed this law called SB2, uh, which we call sensitive places, where now that they know they have to give permits out, thanks to the Bruin Supreme Court decision, they decided they'd give them out, but they just make a pass a law that would make it that the permits, you know, you couldn't use them anywhere. So you have your permit to carry, but you couldn't take your gun in all these so-called sensitive places. The Second Amendment Foundation and a number of other organizations filed suit in California federal court, and the federal court judge ruled in our favor and said the law was totally unconstitutional and took out all the sensitive places California put in. California then appealed it to the appeals court and wanted an immediate stay. They got an emergency stay from the clerk of the appeals court until the judge's uh, panel could be impaneled to, you know, to hear it to see if, they, if they'd issue a stay. And the, that panel met and yesterday issued a ruling saying that stay is gone, uh, it's avoided, uh, the law is gone. Uh, the the, ju- the judge put, who gave us our preliminary injunction, the preliminary injunction sticks, and the state of California cannot enforce their ban on concealed carry in these so-called sensitive places. I want to stop there for a second and just say that the sensitive places law in California was probably the worst one passed anywhere. You know, New York put one in, and most, most of it got taken out in court, but not all of it. Jersey's got one that, that's been taken out to the lower court level, not in t- total, but most of it, and, you know, it's being appealed. Uh, but the California one is even worse, and it's bit the best, and the stay there is gone. So there's going to be all arguments for a merits panel of the appeals court on the merits of it to begin with uh, in April. But in the interim, the law cannot take effect. Usually what's been happening to us is that we get these stays put in place until the, the litigation is totally completed. In this case, we've now got all the judges that looked at it, gave us a stay, and refused to, you know, and and, and refused to remove it against the law being enforced. So this is a giant win for us, uh, and I'm really excited about it. We know California will, will push their appeal as far as they can, uh, but the bottom line is, in the interim, the, the sensitive places ban on carry is bit to dust. All right. I'm probably asking this question on behalf of a lot of people listening who may have caught what you said. So I'm going to throw it out there because the only stupid question is the one unasked. What is a clerk doing issuing a stay in between hearings? How does that work? It was an emergency stay, and until they can get a panel and panel to hear it, she put the stay in place. And, of course, they put the panel together very quickly. Uh, but in the interim, the clerk has the, the, the authority given by the court to do that as an emergency situation. And so they got that te- temporary. It wasn't very long. And the appeals and the appeals you know panel uh, to take a look at the stay you know uh, killed it, and so the law is now blocked and cannot be you know in, in effect. 
Uh, it's, it's pretty, that was pretty normal. A lot of people don't realize that sometimes for an emergency, right. you, can't, you can't get a panel and panel immediately. They get, they get selected and, and, and picked at random. Uh, and so this just put it in, in, in place, as California requested, until they okay, put a panel in place to make a quick ruling. And they did very quickly. Okay, so that was not unusual. No. All right. California is free until April, at least, when we have this hearing, correct? Yeah. Or, you know, is, does California have another play here? Um, well, I'm not positive. I think they might be able to try and get doing an advanced panel to put it back in, but I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, the likelihood of that is slim to nil. I normally have to say when we get these wins and the other side appeals, I have to urge our people, well, you know, don't go out and, 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 and pretend the law isn't there because right now there's a stay in place and it's still going to enforce it. Right now, though, California cannot enforce this law. So this is good news. California listeners, congratulations. Second Amendment Foundation and others, including FPC, fighting on your behalf in that state. Alan, let's talk to stay on California before I go to every town for gun safety and their bogus study, which I can't wait to hear your comments on quickly. But uh, GRPC, it's been announced, Gun Rights Policy Conference, the final week of September, the weekend of the 27th. Where is it this year, Alan? We're taking it to Billy the Beast. We're going to help our <laughs> brothers and sisters in California get more gun rights freedom. We're going to be in San Diego at the Marriott Mission Valley Hotel. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it should be a very action-packed conference. I've had a lot of people ask me, why California? Why, Ladies and gentlemen, we go to California. How many victories? How many court cases? All right, this is good. I like this as a poke in the eye, okay? That's okay, why well, we go me, there, to make our presence known. Yeah, Mark, let me first off say that, that our, our, our big victory we just had in California, and you, when you mentioned other groups with us, I want to really take my uh, hat off to the California Rifle and Pistol Association, who, who really carried a lot of lion's share with getting us the individual plaintiffs in this case, and they deserve a lot of the credit for that. Uh, you know, we want to go to the belly of the beast, so to speak. You know, my feeling has always been I don't want to have an, a, 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 a retracting playing field. I want an expanded playing field for our gun rights. So when we, you know, we get places like California or New York, I don't want to you know, write it off and say, okay, we lost our rights there, let's defend our rights in the next state. I want to go back and get, secure our rights back in places we've lost them. Incredibly noble. And that's, of course, ladies and gentlemen, why we go to places like Chicago, where we've been with the GRPC many, many times. Alan, I don't want to run out of time before I go to CCRKBA saying every town claim that strict gun laws saves lives is bogus. Now, this was a study in quotes, ladies and gentlemen, by every town for gun safety, claiming 298,000 lives could be saved if all states adopted gun control policies like California. Alan, correct me if I'm wrong. But didn't California, New York, and Illinois come in first, second, and third place this year, this past year, for "quote unquote" gun violence? Am I missing well, something? all the pla- all the places marked that they in a study talk about how gun lives have been saved. All the highest homicide crime places in the country <laughs> that have more gun crime than any place else. I mean, it's such a bogus study that it's, it's laughable. But what bothers me is the lamestream media takes their their words and puts it out like it's fact. Um, and, and doesn't challenge anything in it or, or, or check anything that they've stated in their studies. And that's what got us really upset. Because when you put out all this false information and lie to the American people that many times over and over and over again, those lies get believed. It, it does get believed, Alan. And thank you for putting that information out and providing that information to listeners across the country. Many of you tuned in in the state of California and Illinois and New York. And you know what Alan just said 
to be a fact. Alan Gottlieb, founder of the Second Amendment Foundation, thank you, my friend, for being here every single week. Happy New Year to you and your family. Looking forward to seeing you soon, hopefully in a couple weeks in Vegas, if you can make the trip. Ladies and gentlemen, when we come back, a phenomenal story from wreaths across America. That's very personal to me. Our guest, Christopher Scott from Wreaths Across America and David Kodria. This is fun stuff. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away. of Reason on KQAM, Wichita's Big Talker, and you're tuned into the Armed American Radio Network. Now let's get back to the man himself, Mark Walters. Ah, welcome back in. Armed American Radio's Monster Cast here at AAR Ranch. Car Firearms Group Studios lit up for you. The Sig Sauer, powerful and platinum microphone on fire for you. I am Mark Walters, filling your prescription for freedom today and every day. And it's all every day, six days a week, being brought to you by the great X Insurance. So, Our next two segments are personal and a lot of fun, and I think you'll find this very, very interesting. And I want to apologize in advance. I'm having some difficulty with Facebook today. They're not liking me. They wouldn't allow me to post something earlier, and I'm having difficulty getting in to a message that I wanted to read for you, so I'm going to paraphrase. On December 7th, David Kodry, a longtime contributor to the program, was joining me on Armed American Radio's Daily Defense. Of course, we got to talking about the greatest generation, as happens from time to time, particularly on a solemn day like that. And I was telling the story that if you've listened to the show for any length of time, you've heard me mention particularly this on Memorial Day, when I talk about my great-uncle, Anthony Geyser, Tony Geyser, who was leading a bombing mission over Shifal Air Base to destroy the Nazis when he was hit by flak, continued to maintain formation. He was the lead craft in a huge bombing wing in a group of B-26 marauders and was able to release his payload before he went down. He and his entire crew were killed. My great-uncle was 23 years old at the time of his death. He was close to his 25th mission. And I was telling that story with David, and David then talked a, a little bit about his uncle. And we got to talking about them at uh, in the crew grave, my great-uncle's crew grave, at Arlington National Cemetery. And a couple weeks later, I noticed a Facebook post from someone who was listening to that story who happens to be with Reese Across America, Christopher Scott. And he texted me something that was absolutely incredible, that he was listening to the program that day and went to my great-uncle's grave, his crew site, at Arlington, and laid a wreath on behalf of my uncle and his my great-uncle and his crew. And needless to say, it was incredibly touching. If you're watching the show, I'll put a picture up. He sent me a photograph of himself with the wreath. And if you are watching the show now, as Greg told you where to go to do that, you can see that crew site. Christopher Scott joins me now. Christopher, welcome to the program, my friend. From the bottom of my heart, I can't thank you enough. That was absolutely incredible. Welcome to the show, my friend. Hi, Mark. Thanks a lot. So let me go, because we've got David Kodria. Greg, we have David on the line as well. All right, David Codry, I want you to jump in here as well. We're going to talk a little bit about this. I called you and I sent you this, and I guess Christopher had reached out to you as well, correct? 
Yeah, that's absolutely right. You know, we were on we were on the program on December seventh, and and I mentioned that it was an important day to me because it was my father's twenty first birthday on December seventh, nineteen forty one. Uh, talked briefly about uh, his adventures with the Marine Corps in uh, Guam, and my uncle being on Guadalcanal. Uh, and he received the Navy Cross, uh, got wounded with reckless dis- or with cool disregard for his own safety, uh, you know, led, led riflemen and stopped a Japanese attack. And, and so that was really something. And, and I received the same message pretty much from Christopher. Uh, I, I got a Facebook message that said, I just wanted to share with you the fact that my family and I participate in wreaths across America every year. After hearing you mention on Armed American Radio that an uncle of yours was buried in Arlington National Cemetery, I made it a point to find their grave, and I got to place the wreath on their headstone this morning, and he sent me uh, some photographs of it. I replied, what an amazing thing to do. Thank you so much. I'll share your post tomorrow on War on Guns. And uh, Christopher, thank you so much. It's nice to meet you. Thanks, David. Christopher, you, so you were listening to the program. I, I want you to, to tell this, this story. I think it's, it's fascinating. And Wreaths Across America, first off, you heard the show, and that touched you, I assume, because you went and, and did this for both David and I, and not, but not just for us, but for all patriots across the country. And, and I, like David just said, I can't thank you enough for that. But tell us a little bit about Wreaths Across America and what you do and why you do it. So Wreaths Across America is a nonprofit organization that organizes the laying of wreaths at Arlington National Cemetery, where I do it, um, but at about something over 4,000 cemeteries across the country to try to get one of these wreaths laid on the headstone of people who have served our country and paid the ultimate sacrifice. Um, They have, I'm trying to quote here, and so you understand, I don't belong to the organization. I'm at least one of the volunteers who, you know, at Arlington National Cemetery, about 30,000 show up the morning of wreaths in to lay these wreaths on the headstones of all the soldiers laid to rest there. Um, But they do it at, again, a little over 4,000 cemeteries across the country. Um, At Arlington National, we lay about 260,000 wreaths in the course of about four to five hours. They start at about 8 o'clock in the morning, and they're none by 12. Uh, they pick a day. It's it's usually the second Saturday of December. Um, when that's uh, the day, the following day is when I sent the message to you guys. Um, in 2024, it'll be December 14th, 2024, and you know I'll be there again. I've got friends of mine who have relatives that are laid to rest there, um, and I've made it a point to go visit those graves when I'm there. Um, and I heard you guys talking about your uncles, and I decided I was going to add your uncles to my list of places to stop. So you, how many wreaths did you lay that day? Um, myself, I probably laid about 15 or 20. Um, my family in total probably laid close to 50. Good heavens. David, I know you, because I called you, David. And we texted back and forth, and that was quite touching. I have to be honest with you, David. I, Christopher, I can't thank you enough. It speaks volumes to Armed American Radio listeners, does it not, David? Good heavens, that was fantastic. Yeah, and it also, uh, you know, reminds me of, of how grateful we are for the sacrifices of, of people in our own family uh, who believed in America. And this was particularly true for my uncle because I think I related to you when I was living in California 
every once in a while I'd get an envelope and I'd see it was from him and I'd open it up and he would have newspaper clippings that he would take the time out of his retired life to clip out newspaper clippings and send them to me because he figured they might be useful information that I could use in my writing about the Second Amendment. And so to know that he appreciated what it was I was doing was just, it, it made me feel you know, almost unworthy, you know, to have, have, a, have a person of this caliber telling me, yeah, you're doing okay. You know, you're carrying on, and, and I approve of what you're doing. And it was the same with my father as well. I, I can't tell you how much that meant to me. Yeah, I, Christopher, I tell you what, what's really touching about it is, obviously, it's, 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 it's very personal to me and my family who are tuned in right now listening to you talk about this. I, we sent that information around, and everybody was, frankly, I don't know how other way to say this, then they were just absolutely blown away by what you took the time out of your day to do on behalf of our family. I, I mean, it was really something to see. But you're, I, I got to make this You're a patriot, brother. And there are, I, we do not, people like you do not get enough coverage. How many people participate, did you say, with you in this? Uh, at Arlington National, it's about three thousand. Uh, sorry, thirty thousand people in the course wow. of the four to five hours there. Um, but there, you know, there's just a small portion uh, of what happens nationwide. You know, there are cemeteries all over the country that are that are participating with Reads Across America, and anybody who wants to go to the website can look them up. They can say, you know, I want to search for a cemetery near me, um, and they can see when they're going to do it, and they can volunteer to go lay reads or just watch the process happen um, and be present for what's going on. Um, they do somewhere around 3 million reads are sponsored every year at uh, 4,225 participating locations across the country. Are there, there are set days for this of the year that you do so, this, or is it the throughout day, the year? No, no, it, it's it's done for the for the the holiday season. Uh, it's always done the second Saturday of December. Um, this year it was on the sixteenth. Next year it'll be this coming year, twenty twenty four, will be December fourteenth. Will be the day that it is open to the public to come volunteer and, and lay wreaths. Um, they have another day that they do it that's set aside just for the families of those who are laid to rest there, um, and that is Family Day, and it takes place the weekend before. Um, this past year, it was the Sunday before. If they keep with that, uh, that process next year, it'll be the Sunday, December 8th. And anybody who has a relative who's laid to rest in Arlington can register to get a family pass, and they can go lay the wreath on their relative's headstone or grave site um, to, to, to market for them on that day. And that is let, just for the family let members. Me, let me stop you right now. We're getting ready to take a break. When we come back, you're going to stick around with us. We're going to talk about some gun rights in 2024. Armed American Radio continues after this. Gallagher wanting to let you know that the crew of the Desperado Sport Fish in Virginia Beach, Virginia supports Armed American Radio and the Second Amendment, and I'm right there with them. Now back to Mark Walters. And they do support the right to keep and bear arms over at the Desperado Sport Fish boat. Love those guys. Love those gals. Fun stuff. Been on not, not on that boat. Fished on their other boat, though. Did some tuna fishing with them a number of years ago. Great stuff. Desperado. Six-hour mic lit up for you. Car Firearms Group Studios on fire here in Georgia at AAR Ranch. All of it is being brought to you by the great X Insurance. We're continuing the conversation now. Christopher Scott from Reefs Across America. Welcome in, brothers. Great to have you here. You ready to talk about 
some of your fears going into 2024. As a listener to the show, I want to hear some of these things from you. Where, uh, where do you want to go with this? Well, hold on one second. Let me bring David Codry in, too, because he's always good for that. David, welcome back in, my brother. How are you? Well, I'm glad to hear I'm good for something. I'll go tell the family. <laughs> <laughs> well, my family's hey. listening, and they know you're good for something because you've broke bread with them. So go well, ahead, David. I, I want to I back up a little bit, though, and I, I want to do a caveat and go back to the last segment, if I could. And, and that is, that is of course, that uh, Christopher did explain that he was not an official representative of REITs across America, and I appreciate that. He's a volunteer, and, and I just want to add the caveat that uh, they, have a, they have their own mission, and we have our mission, and I have to say that because what I'm going to say next uh, concerns our mission, and that is that my parents are both interred at the uh, Western Reserve National Cemetery here in Ohio, and every time I go and visit their resting place, I have to be conscious of, and, and any gun owner is going to have to be conscious of this if they visit a military cemetery, a weapons right. policy. Yes. And VA, VA regulations prohibit the carrying of firearms, either openly or concealed, while on VA property, except for official purposes, such as military funeral honors. And that's just carrying. But then it also says possession of firearms on any property under the charge and control of VA is prohibited. Offenders may be subject to a fine, removal from the premises, or arrest, and I have not been able to determine whether that means that you can leave it locked in your car or not, or whether it is all verboten. Uh, I, I, I've been trying to, you know, uh, generate interest in this, oh, geez, probably for about 20 years now. I've written several articles on this, um, and I would love to be able to see if the Republicans uh, do what we hope they're going to do in the elections, uh, someone address this and, and get these regulations changed. Uh, but it, it just seems to me that, you know, you're going to honor men who gave what Lincoln called the last full measure of devotion. And... Honestly, it just just seems out of place for uh, a military cemetery that you may not have the means of defense and you would have to drive there sometimes great distances and possibly not even have it in your car with you and or make that choice. So I, I simply offer this as a caution to any gun owners who are thinking of uh, going to a military cemetery. Just be aware of what the law is. You have a choice that you're going to have to make. I'm glad you brought that up, David. I personally have turned around at a local national cemetery here because of that policy, because I had one in the vehicle. I read that as not on the premises, period. I read that to be not even in the car. So I, I turned around. Why? Because I'm a law-abiding citizen. So thanks for bringing that up. That's a great PSA. Public service announcement for those of you who might not know what that means. Christopher, let's go back to you here. 2024, just a generic question. Are you optimistic about the coming year, Christopher? I think we have to be. Uh Considering where we are currently as a society, if you're not optimistic about where we're going to go in the future, we're just circling the drain. I mean, you know, I, I, I live in an area of the country where I have, you know, a decent amount of, of civil liberties that I can take advantage of. But unfortunately, I walk, go, go across to the belly of the beast where I work to an area where uh, I leave my civil rights at the border when I cross the river every day. I live in northern Pennsylvania, and I work in the state of New Jersey, where, as you well know, I have very little rights as far as gun rights. Uh, I'm going to say you have none. 
if you're crossing yeah, it, the border. It's pretty close to none. But again, we have to be optimistic about what's coming down. Between the Bruin decision and, and the impact that that's having on the laws that are being passed and the court cases that we're winning with the support of SAF and uh, NJ2SA and many other local groups, I, I think there's nothing to do but to be optimistic about where we're going to go in the future with, with these decisions um, and with the court that we now have backing us. As Has the creativity from the anti-gun movement shocked you at all, Christopher? Creativity. That's a nice way of saying <laughs> that's, to find I'm, I'm taking that through from documents that <laughs> where they don't exist. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm interested every time I hear you report about them, but am I surprised by them? No, they're going to find any opportunity they can to, to try to jam their, their thought process down our throats. And boy, you being inside, uh, you know, inside that belly of the beast in New Jersey, you're very well aware of their creativity through Murphy and the rest of the Democrats. David, it's encouraging to hear Christopher talk about being optimistic. I like that. The eternal optimist in me says the same thing. I, I really want to be optimistic going into 2024. This election has me a little bit concerned. Biden's uh, Valley Forge, whatever you want to call it the other day, is an indication that this is going to go scorched earth. And it's going to be an attack, vicious attacks on half of America. David, your thoughts as we as we get into 2024 now, your first appearance on the on the first show of 2024 on the MonsterCast. Yeah, I, I believe we have to go forward believing that we are in the right and believing that uh, we have the potential to be victorious, uh, even though we understand that there is a long, hard and grueling and possibly terrifying uh, fight that's ahead of us that we're going to have to uh, maintain the courage of our convictions to see our way through for as long as we can. Uh, and so we have to just, you know, not give in to despair or like Christopher says, you know, we're, we're, we're circling down the drain. The other, the other thing that uh, I'm really getting out of this, and, and I get this from a lot of my War on Guns readers, too, from a lot of the comments that they leave on my blog, and now hearing Christopher speak, uh, I'm incredibly optimistic hearing the caliber of understanding from readers and listeners and people that I daily learn from. Okay, yes. you know we're, we're we're not out there just preaching or pontificating or something like that. I learn from the feedback. Yeah, Christopher, you're clearly plugged in, and I I'm a fan of your optimism. I'm but, glad to hear that. Yeah, but I, I have to go here. To your shows. The quiet part out loud, David kind of said, possibly terrifying. Are you concerned about that aspect? I think we all need to approach, especially in November 2024, with some cautious optimism. Um, I think it'd be foolish for uh, any of us not to be prepared. You know, we've talked about, you've, I heard you talk about on the show, you know, what's going to happen or e is either side going to accept the results of these elections? And I think it's the nature of the people who are prone to be 2A advocates to be prepared for whatever it may be, whether it's going to be a natural disaster or a man-made disaster or a pol politically created disaster politically created disaster david i'm going to give you the final word here you've got about 20 seconds take it away uh you know reichstag fires are, are a matter of history and i think mm -hmm. we basically have to be prepared for everything i i don't know what to say besides that uh let's just knock on wood let's say our prayers and, and let's hope that uh we actually get through a fair and free election yeah, I, I, I think Christopher's uh, assessment was spot on, Christopher, and I, I think the word used to describe how we're going into this is trepidation. I think that might be the word. Uh, a little bit of fear of some agitation, but being ready for all of it. Christopher Scott, thank you, brother, for what you do. You do God's work. You are a true 
American patriot. My family thanks you from the bottom of our hearts. Incredibly touching story. Thanks for letting us know that you did that. And again, I apologize publicly for taking two weeks to get back to you. Eh, Facebook and I don't have the best of relationships, but I'm glad I was able to catch that, and I'm glad I was able to bring you to the program. I hope to bring you back. We want to talk more about wreaths across America as we get closer and closer to the election and as American history unfolds right before us as we get close to November. David Codry, as always, thank you very much. Coming up in the next hour, Cam Edwards is going to be here for the top half followed by AWR Hawkins from Breitbart News and a roundtable. It's a good one coming up. Don't go away. We'll be back at 6 after. You've just filled your prescription for freedom with Mark Walters, presented by X-Insurance. X-Insurance. On the Armed American Radio Network. Uh 